You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Falcons podcast and the Atlanta Football Party podcast. This is a simulcast because it's your home for the best Falcons football talk. And that's exactly what we have for you. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I am your co-host, Tanitra Batiste, because Aaron Freeman is our co-host as well. And Jarvis Davis is right here for the party today also. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And as you know, the Atlanta Football Party and LockedOn Falcons are all part of the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, my guys, 17 is now 19. And if our audience is asking exactly what that means, that means the 17th head coach of the Atlanta Falcons was Raheem Morris, of course, in an interim capacity, but he will now be officially the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, number 19 in the history of this franchise. According to multiple reports, of course, Aaron Jarvis, we know that we haven't gotten the official word quite yet from the Falcons, but multiple reliable sources have been reporting for the last 15 or so minutes that Raheem Morris, the current Rams defensive coordinator, will indeed take over the helm of the Falcons. So free when you heard this word, what was your immediate reaction? Well, you, you know, it's my immediate reaction. Cause I haven't even thrown anything up on the whiteboard yet. You know, so it's just like, this is immediate. So um, yeah, my immediate reaction was shock, right? It wasn't like it was, it came out of nowhere, but I just didn't think the Falcons would make this move right now today. It was like maybe next week when they, they get a better lay of the land, some of these other jobs get full and they're like, okay, we're kind of narrowing our focus on some of these guys. I thought that maybe when the time would happen for Raheem Morris, but outside of that, like this makes total sense to me. Like this is a guy that did a lot of good work here in Atlanta in his previous stint, not only coaching on the offense, coaching on the defense as the interim head coach, uh, a guy that fits the culture, uh, the first black coach, full-time African-American coach in Atlanta Falcons history. And, and it mm -hmm. felt like, and I was telling this to Jarvis before, it felt like this was the cycle where this could happen. This was Indeed. the best chance. And, it, and for someone who has been wanting to see Raheem Morris as one of my top options for uh, the Falcons to hire, like it felt like, you know, the, the, the stars were aligned, so mm -hmm. to speak, for, for this thing to happen. And I feel like it's the right move. Indeed. And Jarvis, what about you? When you heard the word a few minutes ago that indeed it was going to be Raheem Morris, what was your immediate or instant reaction? I was shocked. I mean, because when you think about, like, when we first ha started having these conversations, we found out at 12 12, 12 o'clock and 59 seconds. 12.03 a.m. Yeah, it was literally 12.03 a.m. I get a flash notification. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Spill was fired. I was just like, oh, my God. Okay, so who are they going to hire? And then we start thinking of all the sexy names, right? Jim Harbaugh. Oh, he'll be amazing. Whoever they have at quarterback, he's going to make sure that dude is going to be on point. And then we start thinking about Bill Belichick. And I was just, oh, man, he got a thousand million Super Bowls. So, yeah, of course he's going to bring the Super Bowl to the Falcons. <laughs> But when you start thinking, when I you know when we first started talking about this, I said from the beginning, this was my dream hire. 
literally Raheem was Raheem the Dream. Dang, I said I wasn't gonna say that to my wife because I was talking to her about it. She said Raheem the Dream. Like, no, that's lame. I'm not gonna do it. No, but it's like without it. anyway. Go so <laughs> so Raheem was Raheem the dream, dream for me to start off. It was the dream right. because I said yeah. I just didn't see a scenario where Rich McKay Arthur May said, you know what? We're gonna bring this dude back and he's gonna be the head coach of our team and he can get us exactly what we need to be. And for them to to decide to, to say that, you know, the whole Bobby Slower thing. We heard that picking up a little of steam earlier today. And I was just like, man, are they going to have Bobby Slowick? But I even reached out to Aaron. I was just like, man, I don't know, man. This thing, thing might be kind of happening pretty soon, my brother. But yeah. it's just, and it just, and I just came to resolve that, hey, this was going to be a situation where they're going to play this bad boy out. They've waited for a head coach before. Even I brought up Dan Quinn. They waited around for him, you know, until he got to where he needed to be or he felt what he needed to be to be that guy. But, yeah, when I found out Raheem was the guy and you – we were literally on the phone. <laughs> we're talking about – Yeah, you know, like, like, talk about the show. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, Raheem is going to be the head coach. I was like, what? You know, so, yeah, for him to be the head coach because I think – and regardless of, you know, being a first black coach, I get that. I understand that. But just from a football standpoint, let's talk about that first. Just being able to communicate, being that communicator, being the guy that can talk to anybody from QB1 to doggone undrafted free agent. He can talk, have a conversation and help that man be a better football player. That's what you need. And it's the best of both worlds. You yeah. not only get a guy who's kind of new, fresh, right? It's been a minute. What, 13 years, T? 13 he, years. 13 years since he's been a head coach. And also he has the head coach's experience. And the dude has has the clout that comes with it too. The man won Super Bowl as defense coordinator for the uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. So you got to give credit for that as well. So yeah, indeed. I love the fact that this dude is going to be coaching on the sidelines on Sundays. And I, I promise you, I, I just can't say it enough. I was shocked, utterly shocked that yeah. he was the head coach of this team. They naming the head coach of this team. Yeah, and I could say the same. I was blown away. Like Jarvis said, we were actually having a post-production conversation from another one of our podcasts, and I was like, Jarvis, hold up, because the notification came. One came, and then it was like one after another after another from all of the reputable sources that you can think about, right? And I was just blown away to the point where we just like we just got off the phone. We we're like, we got to go. And But we were thinking the same way because then our next thing was, are we going to do a show about this? If we are, I'm ready. So here we are talking about it. But I think the other immediate reaction that I had was one of joy. And since Jarvis, you know, you talked about it from the football perspective. So did you, Aaron. I'm going to talk about it from the other perspective. I've already seen on social media and through listening to some of our local media outlets, the city is very excited about this. The, the fans, he's very well respected amongst fans. And listen, if we're talking about someone that fans can get behind, that's important. We know that this fan base has been starving to feel like they have a high caliber front office, a high caliber set of players to put on the, uh, on the field, and then high quality and high caliber people to put on the sidelines. Don't get me wrong. We all know that Arthur Smith as well was a high character person, but there's just something different about Raheem Morris, just in terms of people saying, hey, it's a proud moment for me. I've heard people say it, uh, people of color who said it's a proud moment for me to see in this city that we kind of call chocolate city number two to be going in this direction. But I've also heard people say, hey, for those of us who wanted a second chance in life and it's taken us forever to get that second chance, 
even though we know we're deserving, to see him get that opportunity is great. And then thirdly, I think that I started reading what I saw on social media. And one thing that was exciting for me, so excitement is another thing that I'll put in there, was to see someone reputable like a Les Snead give a two and a half minute monologue about mm. just how good that team was going to be whoever picked up Raheem Morris. So just a, a good day to be able to inform. And that was our reaction. And listen, we want to hear from you guys as well. I know we will. I know you guys are going to chime in to let us know your thoughts as well. But hang tight. When we come back, we're going to give more reaction on the reported hiring of Raheem Morris as the 19th head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Guys, our next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off your chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important that you let it out, especially to someone who is unbiased on your life. And, you know, today we're very excited to talk about Raheem the Dream Morris, the new Atlanta Falcons head coach. And, you know, I've learned from BetterHelp that you can only control what you can control. We never could control whether or not the Falcons would hire the guy that we want as their next head coach. But, you know, things are good, right? And things are good for us. But, you know, maybe things aren't going great for you. And therapy can be different for everybody, right? Most of us are dealing with bigger issues in life than what our favorite sports team is doing. And it's important that you can share that and get things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you got to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible. It's suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. And guys, the NFL season is over. But we know there's a lot going on in the NFL with coaching hires. But even more importantly, this weekend, there are playoff games, right? And there's still a great opportunity for you to check out America's number one sports book. Of course, I'm talking about FanDuel. And right now, it's a great time because new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you want to throw a little bit of money Towards this weekend's action between the 49ers and the Lions, the Ravens and the Chiefs, NFL, NBA, college basketball, NHL, it's all there for you on FanDuel. Whether you're looking for same game parlays, check out the Parlay Hub. That's a great way to find the, the best parlays where you can bet a little, win a lot. Spreads over unders. It's all available at FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, more reaction on the reported hiring of Raheem Morris as the Atlanta Falcons next head coach. And we talked a little bit about our immediate reaction. And now we've got a little bit of an opportunity to kind of think about what this means. So ultimately, when you think about this hire, Jarvis, for the Atlanta Falcons, why do you think, and again, we're kind of digging into the minds of Arthur Blank and Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot before we officially hear from them. But why do you think that this triumvirate ultimately decided that Raheem was their guy? I think because one, the main reason for me, I feel like it was, was Bill. Bill. I really do believe that Bill Belichick was the guy. I believe that mm -hmm. that they honed in on him. But I think when you start to run it up the ladder, so to speak, when Arthur Blank, you know, he had the one-on-one -on -one meeting with um, um, Bill Belichick initially, mm -hmm. and then you start having those conversations with Rich McKay and you know Terry Fontenot, and I was, to be honest with you, I was scared for Terry. 
<laughs> if Bill Belichick would have been hired, yeah. I don't know if we would have saw Terry Fontenot anymore because he was already uh, taken away from the from the uh, the firing press conference with Rich McKay and Arthur Blank sitting at the table together. He wasn't there. If Bill Belichick would have walked through that door, oh my gosh, we I don't know if we would have saw my man anymore. But and I think that ultimately the Atlanta Falcons looked at it for, as an organization, and once they put those heads together, they said, you know what. This guy that's been in our building before, we are, we know what he could do on yes. both sides of the football. Indeed. You know, from a defensive coordinator calling plays or, or, or working with Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu and, and those guys and, and being a wide receiver position coach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are just the versatility he's able to do just from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. It just lets you know. Like, he's going to be able to communicate what his vision is. And <laughs> I... And I, I keep bringing this up. Like we talk about offensive coordinators and guys that are very specific. Those guys are different. Offensive coordinators are a little different. Those guys mm-hmm. are, a lot of times, some of those guys are analytic, analytical sure. guys. Yep. And, and they get into their own little silos. And, hey, I just want to call plays and I don't have to worry about that. And then when you put them in head coaching positions, you get Arthur Smith. And I, and no, no offense against Arthur Smith, but it's a little bit more to it than just calling plays. So you're talking about a guy that's going to be able to do that. He's going to be able to handle calling timeouts, winning the call timeouts because he's been there before. He's been in that seat before. He knows how to talk to that defensive tackle that, that, that might be wanting some playing time and he don't understand why he's in that. He's going to be able to communicate that, hey, I'm going to have to sit you down but to prove you come back. You know, um, I need Zach Harrison to get more playing time. You know, those, those are the type of things that you ask your head coach to do and he's going to be able to communicate to, it to a point where the guy's going to understand. He's going to understand what his role is. And he's going to be. He's going to be very clear as to what what he needs to do going forward. And if you right. don't, you don't like it. Hey, you you can go kick Ross and Pound saying. So yeah, I think that when you look at all of those qualities that I just listed, being in the building before, being a head coach before, understanding he proven more, more often than not that he deserves another chance to be able to do it. Yeah. Why not Atlanta? Yeah. And Aaron, I was thinking about this as well. The fact that when we talk about Raheem Morris having experience on both sides of the ball, obviously we know he's a defensive mastermind, but it's not just that he has experience on the offensive side of the ball. Three years of experience with some of the best to do it at their positions. This was a time when Julio Jones was a part of the Falcons organization. Matt Ryan was a part of the Falcons organization. These are two potential future Hall of Famers. And these are guys where he can take that experience of seeing through Julio's lens, right? Or seeing through Matt's lens, because he even talked about sometimes popping into that quarterback room and being able to tell Kyle Pitts, even though he's at a tight end position, but it's kind of like tight end wide receiver, but he can tell a young Drake London who has the ability to be that kind of superstar. Hey man, this is what I see because he can see from both sides of the ball or Kyle Pitts. Imagine him being able to take some of that experience of being able to say this is what when you see this defense this is what you need to do for your receivers when you become a blocking tight end or here's what you need to do when we line you up as a tight end to to catch so I do I think that's important but I also think that it's important that we know that with that experience comes those three seasons I think that's pretty critical it's not just oh they kind of threw him in there for one season and oh you got a taste of the offense but it's really it, it had an opportunity, he had an opportunity to really flush things out. And I also think it's important when you are hearing as we are now from both sides of the ball players who are now tweeting out in support of him, 
both offensive players and defensive players talking about the mastermind that he is. But again, now that we've had an opportunity to kind of breathe for a few minutes and react, what do you think is one of the main reasons why the Falcons made this decision to go with Raheem? Yeah, it goes to what Jarvis has said. You you said it as well. I, I think it's a culture fit, right? It's just, sure. yep. you know, and as, as Jarvis said, like we've heard a lot of buzz about Bill Belichick and it was just like, it's hard to see Bill Belichick working in Atlanta, right? Yes. You know, it's just like that feels like without Bill Belichick making some major personality changes, like it just yeah. didn't feel like that was going to be something that was going to work and and work and be that sort of collaborative process that Jarvis is talking about with, you know, the top people at the top of this organization, like Rich McKay and, and Terry Fontenot. Um, I think with Raheem Morris, it's when you talk about that experience on both sides of the ball, like tr traditionally when you think about de these defensive minded head coaches, right. They come in and it's like, well, look, I got the defense. We're going to play great defense. Offense. Just don't screw it up, run the football and don't turn the ball over. And we're just going to play and we're going to go out there and we're going to win. You know, that was basically the classic Rex Ryan. Like, I don't really care what the right. offense does. Defense is going to win the game and just don't screw it up. And I uh -huh. think the thing that's unique about Raheem Morris is like, he doesn't think that way. Right. He, because of that time, in Atlanta, working on one of the greatest offenses in NFL history when Kyle Shanahan was play calling here, the time yeah. that he was in Washington under Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, with all those other coaches, including Sean McVay in the time in the Rams. And so Raheem Morris is going to bring an attitude here that's going to be a lot different than what your traditional uh, defensive minded coach is going to be, which yep. is like, look, we're going to score points. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see who Raheem Morris identifies now that he's been, you know, spent basically a decade coaching alongside folks like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, McVay sort of yeah. that eye yeah. that he may have for who that next, you know, offensive coordinator is going to be. And I know there's a lot of rumors about maybe Zach Robinson, uh, who is the, the, I guess the current offensive coordinator with the Rams, who's kind of been sort of, you know, mentored by Sean McVay uh, the last couple of years. And, and is that guy ready to sort of make his mark on the league as the sort of next in the lineage that we're seeing, you know, throughout the NFL with the Mike McDaniels and the Zach Taylors and all these coaches that have sort of taken the league by storm. And I think Raheem Morris is going to try to bring that here to Atlanta. And so I think that was a big reason that made sense for the Falcons uh, to to hire a Raheem Morris over some of the other defensive coaches like a Bill Belichick, like a Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald, the uh, the Ravens defensive coordinator, because mm -hmm. you just don't really know what they're going to bring to the table. And I think you have a better yeah. idea what Raheem Morris is going to do from that standpoint, from an XSO standpoint. And again, that culture fit, that experience, all the things that Jarvis was talking about that he also brings to the table. I think it just made it a match made in heaven. And I know a lot of folks with, you know, wanting that more proven commodity and tired of the sort of first time head coaches well like Raheem Morris is kind of the best of both worlds right he like he's Absolutely. not so much with Bill Belichick who's done it a certain way for 24 years and is at the end of his career and you know he's not going to change at this right. point it's like I've, I've had a lot of success and he has doing mm -hmm. it a certain way and I'm going to do it my way and then you have these first time you know coordinators that are untested and meanwhile Raheem Morris he's been you know, uh, head coach, he's been an interim head coach and, you know, he's bringing a different flavor. So to me, he's, he just kind of checks all the boxes. And I think that's a big reason why the Falcons went with him. And I think to add to that, he's 47. So that's also best of both worlds. Like you're not too old. You're not too young. You can probably feel connectivity to just about any generation that's in the building. I think that's important. And I want to go back to something that we kind of touched on, but I wanted to touch on it again as well. And that is for me, why not go with a Bill Belichick? And the the analogy that I used free on 
uh, earlier podcast when we were talking on the Atlanta Sports Party was if you're that guy who maybe has been around for a long time, something has to change in order for you to, sh- to make a shift, right? And so it could be something like what happened. I gave Dick Vermeil as the example. Now, when Dick Vermeil was the Eagles coach, Dick Vermeil was like pretty hard nosed from all accounts, right? But then the Dick Vermeil that some of the St. Louis Rams talk about was a different Dick Vermeil, but there was a gap. There was a bit, there was a huge gap. And he's talked about the things that he had to do to kind of soften his approach and reset in order to be able to be successful with this new generation of talent that he had with the Rams. Fast forward to Bill Belichick, there's no gap. So you literally are bringing Bill Belichick, the 24 or so years in New England, down here with not a lot of reason to kind of shift, except maybe saying to yourself, I guess I got to shift a little bit because I need to be here long enough to break that record of having the most wins. Now, that might be a little bit of an incentive, but ultimately, like you said, typically the leopard, and no offense, not calling him a leopard, but just saying the leopard doesn't change its spots necessarily. And if you do, usually some time has passed. I think that's also positive for Raheem. Does anyone want somebody to have 13 years between gigs if they're a good coach? No, because the coach, the players from his tenure in Buccaneers land still have glowing things to say about him, still feel like he got a raw deal from the Glazer family in being dismissed. But you take that 13 years later, and yeah, that was a longer tenure than maybe folks would have hoped for him to be out of the game. But boy, think about the lessons that he's learned and all of what he's been able to glean to make him ready. And Jarvis, I'll even say this before we wrap up. I think that, yes, we could make the argument that they should have gone with him in 2020. But on the same token, think about what he's amassed, the experience that he has amassed since that time. He now has a Super Bowl ring. He now knows even more so the path to get to the highest level. So you even have to love that while nobody wanted him to have to wait another three or four years, the Raheem Morris you're getting now is an even stronger candidate than back then. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> because a lot of times, like, it's, it's all about timing, right? And, and I think that, you know, this is the perfect timing. I think Aaron makes a really good point. This is a match made in heaven, you know, because he went and got that experience and, and was able to experience winning the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator with the Rams. He's able to establish a relationship with Zach Robinson, who is the passive game coordinator for the Rams. And reportedly, he's going to be the higher for this for for this seat, right? That offensive coordinator, which is going to be vital. It's going to be very important who is calling plays for this team. So I think I, that's one of the reasons why you have to look at this hire and say, you know what? This makes all the sense in the world and it's perfect timing for 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 Ra. So yeah, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, what 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 comes about now. Indeed, indeed. And of course, we're going to talk more about what this means for the Falcons, potential next steps that they might take. And if this gives us any indication of that, we'll talk about it when we come back. This episode of Locked On Falcons and the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So, of course, we know we're kind of knee deep in basketball season, right? But 
We are also down to the wire in the NFL season. That's actually perfect timing for you if you check out Prize Picks because you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from what they call the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So if you happen to pick Joel Embiid, who dropped a 70 piece a couple nights ago, and you happen to pick maybe sneakily Lamar Jackson, you might actually be able to make some good loot off this prize pick. So it even offers a really good policy called the reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half, no worries. If he doesn't return in the second, that player's rebooted. And Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com, L O C K E D O N NFL. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, guys. Now, of course, we're going to pseudo look into the crystal ball because we're still getting information and kind of waiting to get the official word from the Atlanta Falcons. And of course, when we do get that word, we're going to bring you guys more reaction from Arthur Blank, Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot on this hire. But one of the things, Aaron, that came to mind was the kind of it was really not an elephant in the room. I think we all talk about it quite openly. And does this kind of give you any indication of where the Falcons might go as far as what they do for quarterback in picking or selecting Raheem Morris as the head coach. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I expect the Falcons to get a veteran and draft a player. It's just a question of how much do they want to spend on the veteran and how long do they plan that guy to be kind of the potential starter or is he more of a mentor type for a, a high draft pick? And do they take a, a, a quarterback in round one i think a lot of people think they could but there's you know they're kind of sitting in that no man's land at pick yeah. number eight and some people think okay one of the Dallas top guys you know may not fall to them so do they reach on another guy or do they wait until day two to get yeah. a guy that maybe fits a little so those are going to be some major questions right now sitting here right we just don't have enough information for me to feel one way or the other but i feel pretty good that regardless of what direction the Falcons go especially when it comes to the young quarterback um that you're going to get you know a, a coach in Raheem Morris and potentially Zach Robinson whoever he picks for his offensive coordinator you, he's going to they're going to structure this thing so that they can try to develop that guy long term and I know the big concern that a lot of people have with hiring a coach like Raheem Morris who's not an offensive coordinator is what happens if you know Zach Robinson and company, they do a great job. They're they're like the Bobby Slowicks of the world with CJ Stroud. What happens if that guy now gets hired? Well, you know, frankly, at that point, that's a good problem to have because that probably means that the Falcons won a, a lot of games. So we'll cross Absolutely. that bridge when we get to it. But <laughs> I think that's going to be something that's going to be in the back of the mind of everybody in that building and flowery branch of sort of like, let's not have it so it was with Matt Ryan at the beginning of his career where he had mm -hmm. to kind of cycle through a couple of uh, play calls. You see it with Justin Herbert in mm -hmm. LA where he's basically every single season, he has a new play caller and whatnot. So I, I think that's going to be something that's going to be pivotal for this regime to sort of figure out. And I, I can't wait to, you know, see how it all goes. I know that'll be fun. And Jarvis, before I go there, 
Free actually said something that made me want to go back to step two in talking about the possibilities for an offensive coordinator and the fact that Zach Robinson might be quite a good fit for what Raheem wants to do. And with us knowing, all three of us knowing, kind of Raheem Morris's defensive philosophy, is there a DC out there who you feel would potentially make for a good fit for Raheem and maybe some of those good pieces that the Falcons already have on defense? I, th- I think one of the things that when you look at what this defense is, right? Because we we had this conversation, Aaron, on, on Atlanta football party where mm-hmm. we were talking about scheme, right? Scheme, um, yeah. A 4-3, three, 3-4. Three, like, like, thankfully, you know, the Falcons are kind of in between. So they got mm-hmm. some guys, if you want to run a 4-3, that you can roll with. And they got some guys, if you want to roll with a 3-4, you can roll with as well. So I think, like, with the scheme that he runs, you know, with an even front, I, I feel like this is something that, or this is something that you can really get with. And and then I think that more than likely he's probably looking at an assistant that he coached with out there in L.A. on the defensive side of the football. You know, I, I'd be interested to see whether or not he's going to call plays. Do he want to yeah. be the CEO or does he want to be involved in it? And, and I think that, you know, given that his experience, he mm-hmm. doesn't have to feel like he has to prove himself because, hey, right. I won I won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator calling plays. So, Yep. Hey, I, I'm I'm bringing in somebody that I trust to be able to yeah. do that, and I'm going to be the CEO of this thing. So, I and I think more than likely, the more and more I talk about it and think about it, mm-hmm. I feel like he'll probably go that route. Yeah. So you're probably looking at an assistant from the Rams, and, and then mm-hmm. like as far as the personnel goes, you can go either way. If you want to do an odd front, you know, and, and and run it like that, you have the personnel to do that. And if you want to do an even front, you got the personnel to do that as well. One, yeah, and I oh go sorry ahead. To cut you off, T. Um, one name I'll throw out there that worked with him with the Rams, who's available, who was also on the Falcons head coaching radar is Ajiro Evero. Uh, I know a lot of people were excited about him potentially last year when the Falcons hired Ryan Nielsen. So those yeah. are two guys that you know they're, they're they know each other. So yeah, you know, you kind of get two head coaches in one kind of that boy. Oh boy, Jarvis, if that happens, <laughs> you got the you got Machusa flowing over here. Yeah. I don't know like, about the man, oh, man. Seat. Yeah. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. <laughs> right. But real talk, free, real talk, JD. We got reports out of Flowery Branch from sources that the Falcons were very impressed, very impressed with Ibera. So you never know how that might play out because this is one of those interview twice. So there, may, there you go. Something. Yeah. Right. And this is one of those situations where you know how sometimes like we kind of felt like this was the breakthrough cycle for Raheem Morris to get a head coaching position feels right. like with Ijiro Ibero, this may not be the cycle for him necessarily where he's going to get that head coaching gig but it may be the cycle where he gets one more high profile defensive coordinator gig and should that work out for him for a season season or two then that puts him in position to get sort of that head coaching gig so yeah this may be an appealing opportunity because again you get a guy in Ibero who like we said, the Falcons organization was very impressed with, and he already has tools to work with, with this Falcons defense. Now I want to go to something that Jarvis just said, which I am perfectly comfortable with because I think we screamed to the Raptors on our old show, ATL Day Ones, hashtag pass rush matters, hashtag affect the quarterback, hashtag get home. Exactly. So we were like, yeah, the show rest in peace. Not not our belief in the pass rush because we still want- Ain't going nowhere. Now, that stays, whether it's Locked On Falcons or whether it is the Atlanta football party. But I go to that because as much attention has that's been given 
to, oh my God, what do the Falcons do at eight? I think Bree makes a great point. What if you can get a veteran quarterback who can give you a solid year or two, a la Matthew Stafford? When he went to the Rams, everybody was like, that's a toss-up. You really don't know what's going to happen there. And we all know what happened there. So Jarvis, that could be an option as well where they do, the Falcons are able to somehow secure a quality veteran who could give them another season or two and maybe then use that eight to go with a pass rusher because who knows, there are still going to be quarterbacks and I'm going to use one, not, not that they're going to go up to Corson Beck, but hear, hear me out with what I'm saying. That next class, everybody's talking about the class of 2024, but there's some quality quarterbacks in the class of 2025 who, if the Falcons are maybe, hopefully, maybe mid to late round, the first round next year, we, we, don't, we don't want a lottery type of pick anymore, but they could also get that rookie quarterback or that potential franchise quarterback next go round, go pass rush this go round. Maybe Raheem don't want to wait and just want to call um... – Ryan Poles, Terry Fontenot may have a relationship with Ryan Poles and say, hey, hey. Then hey, there's that. Yeah. Uh, we, then there's y'all got that. a quarterback that y'all don't need. Uh, we know y'all want Caleb Williams. Uh, let's go, go and take right. that second round pick, you know, in this year's draft and, and go on about your business and, and, and do what you need to do. Because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, I get the young quarterback. I would love sure. for them to draft the young quarterback and bring him up, but. You know, we talk about both sides of the thing, right? Being getting be able to get both sides, the experience and a guy that you know that has the tools and the assets to be successful as a head coach. How about, you know, getting a, a young a young um, veteran quarterback that you know got some at least 3 to 4 years good good years left in him the way yeah. he's playing quarterback and you can win some games with with given with the uh, personnel that you have on on the offensive side of the football. Indeed, indeed. So we know that the expectation is sort of win now. When I say sort of win now, meaning that it's not necessarily the case that the expectation will be the Falcons are going to go run out and get a Super Bowl. Although we have seen some quick turnarounds in that regard with, say, the Rams, obviously. Raheem was a part of that. But what is your expectation in terms of where, and of course, this is all postulating before Arthur Blank makes a statement about it. But Jarvis, as we wrap, three as we wrap, what are your expectations for where you want to see this team go in year one of Raheem's uh, tenure as head coach? Well, for me, I, I think this move tells me, again, that the Falcons are trying to build off of what they've already done. I think that's kind of what it's really signaling, where you're not going to go in and completely change offensive stylistically, you know, that McVay, Shanahan school, all that stuff. Arthur Smith, they all come from a similar tree. So you don't have to change any sort of schematically. You just got to get the quarterback right. That's really the main issue. The defense is ascending. The run game didn't quite live up to expectations, but I think there's every reason to believe that that thing can sort of rebound and bounce back and and be sort of the foundation of this offense. And so if you can get the quarterback right, you can maybe add some more speed at the wide receiver position. Jarvis, you know. Get the pass rush going. I, I gotta get show Gallop you this. You know, um, <laughs> if you can, if you can kind of check those boxes, I feel like you can feel like okay, yeah, we didn't quite get to the mountaintop this past season with the seven and ten seasons, but you know, the Falcons were close. They were a couple of plays away that they should have won several games there, and they should have another opportunity. That I think the expectations are year one. If you can again solve some of these problems, you should be back in the playoff mix, and then at that point yeah. in time. 
you can continue to build in that direction and feel like this is a team that we can continue to get better and and potentially be that team that's now you know like the Detroit Lions uh, going up against the 49ers and some of those teams uh, you know making a deep postseason run. 